I say I would try to drive. I would put your hands in a little bit, like I said, but I would yeah. drive those elbows in more. It looks like they're flaring just a little bit, like closer um, to the body, like this. You'd like try to scrape the body, yeah. yeah. And that's what a more elbow. narrow grip would help to do. Yeah, exactly. That's yep, exactly. Yeah, it would force um, them in. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear with coaches Skip Hill, Andrew Berry, and myself, Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by you, the awesome people at Patreon. Thank you guys for supporting our programming. I try to post a little bit of extra stuff up over there. Skip likes to talk for like a half hour before we record, <laughs> and and I, I put that up over there as a, a bonus stuff, you know, all of our little extra conversations. <laughs> so if you guys enjoy that, you can check that out there. We're also brought to you, of course, by True Nutrition. Check out truenutrition.com and you Use our code think it's really a perfect marriage because like to grow muscle you gotta eat you gotta eat protein and you can get some awesome protein from true nutrition plus by doing so and using our code you support our stuff so anyway we got some stuff oh in supplementsource.ca thank you to all of you in canada shopping with them we got a bunch of stuff we're gonna do some um training critiques that you guys sent us um and uh we have a question a topic that i wanted to start with and that is can you guys do a show about the products typically sold on research sites? Which ones have value? Which ones have a time and a place? Um, which ones are snake oil and truly useless? Um, and maybe things you guys would like to see more of on those sites as well. Um, maybe help change the industry for the better, fellas. First, I want to say that everything on Amino Asylum is legit. Every single product that they have is. Use our code yeah. fake at Amino Asylum. Actually, well, I will tell you this, reason. that so far I haven't, I haven't had any issues with them and I keep a close eye on them. I'm going to say this out the gate. Over the past decade, I've been able to say that about six different research sites. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. over time... I, I, I'll flat out tell you guys, if Amino Asylum stops putting out the stuff, if they start getting shady, I will be the first person to let you know. And I see a huge cross-section because you guys use their stuff and then you tell me. Um, so definitely keep me posted. Anytime you guys have trouble with shipping too, I always get messages about that and I try to help sort that stuff out. But they seem to be solid. And I've seen people like, for instance, on their T3. I, I know people that actually have gotten their T3 for medical need and they test out exactly where they want to be. Uh, I've seen their Remedex do well. You know, those are the basic things. What do you guys think, though? Like, what do we need quality like or, or product wise? What are what's good there? Because I think the three of us, when we think research sites, our scope on what we might use there. And that's a might use is going to be quite limited compared to what's available. Oh, yeah. I think also first we should talk about how the, the products that the research, um, you know, chemical sites sell they are rooted in some research like and they are rooted in research in general right like we're talking mm. some of the things that i think we've all said are voodoo or exotics that we just kind of put on that shelf that we would not personally have a client use use ourselves, just because we've already probably done it or we just you know we've looked at the research and said okay it was done on 12 uh, rats and not in humans you know right but so the, so the point i'm trying to make is that i don't think there's any of these sites are necessarily unless they're bunk are selling snake oil it might have some therapeutic bodybuilding benefit, but it's to what extent, right? Yeah. Are we talking like a 0.01% or are we talking like, you know, a tried and true Arimidex, which it's supposed to, you know, do what we, you know what it's supposed to do and it does it. So I think right. that's how we, because I, I hate like saying like, 
hey, go to, go to a site like Amino Asylum to take this. But then they're like, but you also bash some of their other products. Mm. And it's because of that reason, because I just don't think there is enough anecdotal research of it actually working in human beings. Does and like you said, there's other stuff that we have done. A lot of the, the peptides, GHRP, 2, 6, uh, the IPAM, all of those things like the GH secretors that – you know, 2005, we thought it was the next the next coming of bodybuilding, and now we realize different. You know, so some of that stuff, it's like, eh, I'd, I'd opt to stay away from those things. But I mean, yeah. it's still a great resource to have the things that we like to get. You know, I think the only one that would qualify is snake oil, and I, I I'm not. This isn't any specific research site. Yeah, uh, is anything that that claims to be a myostatin inhibitor? You're right. I just. That yeah. always has left a bad taste in my mouth because that just makes everybody look bad. And yeah. it's so, I don't know. this is funny because I actually, for one of my coaching classes I'm doing tomorrow, one of the question was, what you, what would be the application of use for YK11? And if you know anything about YK11, it is a supposed myostatin inhibitor. So I've written it off years ago, right? Or I, you know, just because I don't think there really are any real myostatin inhibitors. If we did, our industry would be rife with them. Every, oh, yes. written in every plan, every top pro would be using it, every amateur. It, it would be a thing. It'd be as common mm. as testosterone, right? And it's not. So, But I did do a little research on the YK11 today. It's funny that this came up. Um, and the problem is the research does look a little promising. But the group that, that was tested was um, – uh, people that were suffering from muscle wasting diseases. So mm. whether burn victims or, um, you know, people with uh, certain types of cancer, whatever it is. Okay. So I'm on the fence. I'm going to do a little more research in it. Maybe I'll report back to you, but I'm, I'm with you guys on anything that says it's a myostatin inhibitor. It's like, I would rather, you know, go take a cut of, um, of uh, Michael Lockett's blood and drink that. Versus <laughs> that stuff I might get something out of that. Like, you would definitely get something out I've, of it. I've used Speaking YK, and I've known, I've had people that I've worked with that have, and I, I would put it at being a less predictable anadrol is what I would call it, and I would also say that it, it without, I, I would rather go with anadrol in that case because I know what anadrol is going to do. Like it's, it, it has the myostatin potential, but I've never really seen anything more than it being like kind of like I'd consider it like an untested anadrol, basically. Well, so then if you're taking a myostatin inhibitor, like it shouldn't have anadrol-like properties. In a well, sense. it is like an it, anabolic too, though, right? I, I guess, okay, it is a SAR, it, it is, or it's some label that is steroid, I guess. But but I'm saying like if you're taking a myostatin inhibitor, you shouldn't feel anything necessarily. You should just see muscle growth. You should see these barriers and plateaus being broken down, right? Not necessarily a, a an ergogenic feeling or benefit in the gym. But I guess what you're saying is you you, you noticed the ergogenic side of it in terms. Yeah, because it is like a it is a basically a steroid as yeah. well, right? As you can tell, I've never taken it. So, okay. Yeah, um, it's basically like a it's a I mean it's a SARM or you know it is so it does have but I, I wouldn't even call it a SARM. It's from what I understand, it's based off of a basically a steroid backbone. It is, mm -hmm. in my opinion, it's just like a legal steroid pretty much. <laughs> But, so you, you know, don't get monetized kind of legal. You just legal. Yeah. <laughs> legal. <laughs> Remember, Remember when we used to say, like, uh, 
Remember what we used to say on the boards? Like, well, I've been giving my rat three doses yeah. of 25 milligrams of whatever per day, and my rat has put on five pounds and has lost two pounds of body. Remember all those days? Back? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people on the boards codes. was rats and kangaroos and stuff like yeah. that. It was crazy. <laughs> so I'm going to go down my list. I'll say like the T3, yeah, T3. I'm, and I'm, this is just off the top of my head. T3, T4, um, any of the the the. Uh, Aromasin, uh, Arimidex, Letro, any other, any AI, any serum, it, like Enclomiphene, you're going to get that there, which you're probably mm -hmm. not going to have as easy of a time finding through your general old school source, right? Those, mm -hmm. All of those things, um, things like Viagra, stuff like that, you're going to be able to find there. I think those things are all the things that I would expect to get. And then in the peptide side, I'm all for like TB500, BPC157. Um, I think I have a bottle of, uh, I just got a bottle, a new bottle of um, L-carnitine, which I get mm -hmm. the 600 milligram L-carnitine. I don't mess around with the 400 or the 200. And I find that that works just fine. Um, you know, and, and I will say out of the new school chemicals, even though there's like risk involved with it, um, GW501516 carterine. I am a fan. I found that it helps my breathing. And so I've mm -hmm. been cycling that off and on, you know, good. And I've used that too with MMA people. So those are the, just kind of just rambling here. Those are the things I can think of offhand that I think are like legit, you know? I actually pulled the site up right now just so I could look at good thinking. So, yeah, I heard I'm with works really well. That's another one. Heard, I, yeah. I heard about Melanitan. that too. I knew a guy. Have you ever taken the <laughs> PT141? I never have. How about you? Yeah, it works. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, huh? Uh -huh. What What did you uh, What would you get from it, side effect wise? Stomach aches. Yeah. Followed by erections. <laughs> it's a bad combo. Best combination. <laughs> uh, all right. How about this? How about this? Uh, uh, Sebaglutide. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. And then now they have a faster acting one available too. There. Yeah. Right? Um, is it Teresa peptide? Yeah. I believe. But I think uh, okay, the pricing isn't great because you have to use it so frequently. One? Well, I did the math because I have a client that's on um, SEMA. And um, I think if you went through Amino Asylum using Code Think, you save something like, I think it's like $3 per milligram. On what? So on the semaglutide. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So over time, if you're on it for a year, you know, that those $3 add up per milligram. And depending but on where you're the, getting it from, too, you know, because I know yeah. people who are like, I have a client who told me, oh, hey, and she's just like, she's just standard run of the mill, as they call it, gen pop. Nothing, no connections to bodybuilding. And she was like, hey, this girl from work is going to a clinic and it costs $50 a week. And they give her a shot of this stuff called semaglutide or <laughs> Ozempic. Yeah. So talk about 200 a month, you know? Yeah. That's actually right on par because I have clients that have, you know, their own prescribed vials. And I think it runs around 300 a month. So, you know, I've heard of it significantly week. higher. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Put it this yeah. way Victoria has used it since 2017 or 16. They were doing trials for it in 16 and for, for uh, hyperandrogenism, you know, PCOS. And mm -hmm. um, she's getting it through her insurance there in Canada. So it was cheap. When she, it, if she were to buy it without insurance in Canada, it would have cost, I think, two or three hundred dollars. And here, the same thing, the same supply was going to call her, cost her twelve hundred dollars. Buying yeah. it from the company 
Wow. Meaning that that company direct. sells it direct to people in Canada for the two or three hundred, but if they're mm-hmm. coming over here to the U.S., they sell it for the twelve hundred. Well, wow. and that's a bigger issue. But that, but, but that's why people need to pay attention to like what goes on in Congress and whatnot, because we pay in the U.S. way more for pharmaceutical and prescription mm-hmm. drugs than anyone else in the world. Like, like two, three, a hundred times more, depending on certain compounds. <clears throat> Uh, and don't let me get off on a tangent, but let me just say this because I think it's so important. People need to understand that if they are going to use semaglutide or their wife or girlfriend or both their girlfriends and their wife, I don't know what the situation <laughs> is. I support it nonetheless. But please know that T3 and T4, it's going to, semaglutide is going to increase how effective it is by over 30%. So is going to or could? It, uh, well, I say could. Um, I've dug deeper since we yeah, because I remember about you it. saying that, and it's far more common than yeah. it wasn't a one-off. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. So watch the dosing of the T4 and T3 when you add, and do not add them right when they start the semaglutide. Keep the keep, get the semaglutide in first. See what the response is, and then slowly. And it's, I mean, just. For those who don't know, it's always T4 before T3 and see how they respond. And you might be surprised at how high the heart rate goes very quickly. Hmm. How about Motsi? Motsi, I don't even know what that one is. I forget what it is. I had a client that tried it out. <laughs> but yeah, I but guess. So there's so many things yeah. that we can't even well, keep track of them. Well, I'm throwing like some, some names out there because if we, my point is this, if we're like, wait a minute, what does that do again? Right. We've already put it off to the shelf and said, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I'm just going to throw some other ones out there. Um, Ipermorlin. What do we think about that? Yeah. yeah. I think it has I'll tell you what, I wouldn't throw it in the trash. I think that's what I'm. No, I went through yeah. in the trash, but would you pay me big money for a bottle of it? Uh, I would pay like 10 bucks for a five milligram bottle. <laughs> I wouldn't pay. Yeah. Cause you're going to okay. take something. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to take something else instead. You're going to take growth, right? I'm going to take growth. Yeah. yeah. But um, how about IGF des IGF LR three. That That's so popular right now. That's like, that's the big thing. That now. Is IGF has come full circle. <laughs> that wasn't the question. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think that I, I, it's questionable, you know, it's questionable. And I, I'll say this, I'm not taking it. Yeah, me neither. But I'll spend money on Sarah's too. <laughs> yeah, it's tried and true. How about yeah. okay? HGH frag seventeen through one ninety one. No, oh yeah, no, not at all. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> so I don't wait, think amino wait, acid frag? is going to want. You said frag, right? Yeah, yeah, no. Okay, I was just checking. I don't think Amino Asylum would want to, like, this is a good promotion for them, but at the same time, I don't think they'd ever want to, like, take this clip and, like, use that as their advertising. No, but I'll tell you this. It's kind of like me saying that, you know what, I think True Nutrition's, this flavor, I think it's, it's horrible. Like, it tastes like, you know what I mean? It's not, I'm not bashing True Nutrition. I'm saying, you know what, the cinnamon tastes like, like, um, what's that, uh, Fireball. It tastes like Fireball to me. That is not an appealing flavor. So I'm not slamming their product. The product is good. I'm just saying I would not do that personally. I would do this instead. So I think that's, yeah. I think if I were running, a, if I were running a company, especially whether I was a sponsor or not, I would appreciate that people were being honest and going, yes, these things work really well. We support yeah. these, but we're not as, not as big of fans as, the, as these. The, with these yeah. things, I'm rambling now and I'm stuttering. You know what people no, are into now? They're, they're doing like the um, 
they have like the pump products. They have like their monster pump product. And I have yep. clients that have said like, Hey, I want to try it. I'm not going to tell a client, no, don't, you can't sure. try it. And they love it. Sure. Like they're getting incredible pumps yeah. from it, but it's never mm-hmm. something that I'd be like, okay, now weeks four and five, I want you to use monster pump. You know what I mean? Well, but Hey, if you want to mess pump- around with it, I don't think it's going to hurt you. Sure. Are, are pump products like oral pump products, supplements, are those like a standard, like you have to take this if you want to train with me? Like, right. like anyway, Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. that's like the last, like, for, okay, when I, when I do supplements for people, it's health first, health and basic nutrition. So yeah. if there's someone that doesn't eat a lot of vegetables, you're going to get a greens and a, in a, in a, um, a vitamin mineral supplement, right? If we have different issues related to say hormones, like particularly women, we're going to work on the things that we're, I'm going to add supplements in that are going to affect those things. I'm worried about the ergogenic effect from supplements as like the last thing, if someone has that in their budget, if you know what I'm saying, because got, think about it. Up until what 1990, there were no pump products really. There were no pre-workout products really. Mm-hmm. They started to trickle in there with Muscle Tech and some of these other companies, but only in like the 2009, eight, you know, ten, whatever. To now, did the pre-workout, you know, uh, genre of supplements become Absolutely. like a must? Like yeah. every every inquiry I get or every every you know questionnaire I get, people are always putting what pump product or what intra-workout or what pre-workout product they're taking and me i just kind of gloss right over that just because that's my mindset i'm like you can take it or leave it i, I don't really want people using pre-workouts personally i, I don't think you need to take a pre-workout to have a session What's and that? what is the demographic for those you know it's like, younger it's like the magazines it's like 16 to 21 or 16 to 22 yeah. and that's not to slam them some people get something out of them but i'm i'm with you andrew i'm i can't use most of them anyway because of my nerve pain so anything that has beta alanine or whatever it'll just cause such tremendous pain and i think that's what made me i don't want to say pull away because i wasn't a big fan anyway but it kind of just made me shelf pre-workouts if you're going to take something at four in the afternoon and you can't sleep i'm sorry it's not and it's not because i'm 53 it's just i just don't that's just too much and i think i'm fortunate too because i don't have a problem getting i can be on i can be ridiculously lean running on low carbs and low calories and you know what i'm still going to get a wicked pump it's not going to be like after three days of not training and eating sushi and burgers but i'm still going to get a wicked pump so some people don't can we put this to bed the um because you always get this from clients when they're, let's say you pulled their carbs out, right? I have never not had a workout, unless I grinded my body into the ground from like weeks of zero carbs and not gotten a pump in the gym. It's a mindset thing. People think if I'm eating less, I shouldn't be able to get a pump. What creates the pump, right? Water, electrolytes. So did you just suddenly stop eating sodium? Did you just suddenly stop hydrating before you went to the gym, right? You know where I think you see it sometimes is... It's when they first start a diet. And I wonder, tell me if you think this is what my hypothesis has been, is if it's a guy who's been eating whatever he wants and then you tell him to eat clean, and let's say you still have a cup of rice in every single meal of his plan, but now it's clean and he lost 10 pounds. He's like, oh, I can't get a pump anymore. I'm thinking like, how's your insulin sensitivity then? Mm-hmm. Like, are you have yeah. you been like so crappy for so long? Because then mm-hmm. it takes like a month, you know what I mean? And then like three weeks later. I think they're still getting the pump. It's just not what it was before. And they're basically saying, like, I don't want to say over dramatic, but but they're kind of being over dramatic. They're being embellished. Yeah, it's like, I I don't have a pump. You have less of a pump. Now, it is harder to hold a pump. Like, you might have to move a little quicker to hold it, and you might not keep it as long. That Mm -hmm. that I totally understand. But, Mm -hmm. hmm. 
All right. What do you say we move on, guys? We got to because we have a bunch of stuff here. So uh, Matt Blevins, who's still hanging with us, he says uh, he had he he says he wants to improve his back training. And I actually already texted him my couple of thoughts on this because I was like, listen, I'm probably going to turn this over to the guys and let them do most of the talking. So I want to give you my thoughts now, but I want to hear what you have to say on this. Here's his pull down. We'll start here. Oh, shit. We're going to see if we can turn this volume down. There we go. So you want to move us over here while I'm at it. I almost I fell I for it. I almost asked what that green thing was. And then that's I Christmas cabbage. Yeah, that's Christmas cabbage, which does. I don't like it does increase his anabolic ability to grow muscle. There is that. I give him points for Christmas cabbage being there. This is more from a joint um, issue. I don't like how wide his arm, his hands are with the undergrip. I that, agree. Using that undergrip. Um, yep. I feel like your elbows and wrists are going to be telling you something after yeah. two or three weeks of doing this personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you got to be as neutral as possible if you're going to go with a reverse grip. And I, otherwise, I think you're putting your bicep at risk and you're putting yep. your shoulder joint and your elbow and your wrist at, at risk personally. Word. I'd agree with that. Um, so where was this in his sequence of training? Oh, I'm not sure. But I just wanted okay. to talk about technique. So okay. it, I will say this. I asked him, I said, what are what are your key movements that you do? And uh, he sent me this one, and then he sent me another one. So we can talk about those exercises being his key movements. But this is a key movement here. I, I'll so tell you I what would, the – yeah. I was going to say, I would try to drive – I would put your hands in a little bit, like I said. But I would yeah. drive those elbows in more. It looks like they're flaring just a little bit. Like closer um, to the body, like this? You'd like try to scrape the body, yeah. yeah. And that's what a more elbow. narrow grip would help to do. Yeah, exactly. That's yep, exactly. Yeah, it would force um, them in. I don't what about rep tempo? What do you think of it? And and a lot of this is preference. People need to understand, not just Matt, but anybody listening. It's not necessarily right or wrong. <clears throat> I just I immediately looked at this without looking at the weight stack and went, he could pull more. He could be a little bit more explosive on the way down and still keep that control on the way up. But again, it's preference. It's mm-hmm. So I, I guess I'm questioning whether the balance is there for, and he may not be showing, and I don't know if he's demonstrating technique or if he's if this was like an. I actual told him give me a working set. I told okay, him give me working sets. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and I would even want to see the last part of the set to see where is he? Is he riring it? Did you guys get that riring it? Yeah, 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 I just make up stuff sometimes. I'm so witty. But anyway, here's another one. He, had, he sent me a couple sets of it. I'm not sure if this is before or after that. But he said also, too, this is his third movement in the, okay. in the workout. I don't have a problem with the tempo or cadence at all. Um, okay, fair enough. It's ob- it's obviously great control. What um, about the range motion at the top? Could he open up more? I don't like it. Yeah, I, I, I think he to... can't open up at the top because his arms or his hands are so too wide. wide. Exactly. I think because, limited like I know for me, up. if I try to do that, I'm going to feel some pain in my in my front deltoids when I try that. If I were to to fully extend, like even just doing it right now, it doesn't feel comfortable. When I put my hands in more, in, yep. I can get that, that full range of motion. So that'd mm-hmm. be my advice: is bring your hands in a little bit. You can increase the yeah. load probably because of that. That the whole thing when I. You know, showed my back progress in a six month period of time. The number one thing I did was start from a full stretched position and let like the scapula completely protract and make sure that I wasn't like holding it in the biceps. You know, I trained mm-hmm. with Shelby for like five years and we did John's programs and 
then at the end, we did uh, Jordan Peters had training for us, and his bat grew, and Bill Toko's bat grew, and, and, and VJ's bat grew, the guys I was training with. My bat grew, but it didn't grow the way I felt like it should have for the amount of effort I put in. And then I'd go back, and I started seeing, after I started improving my training, I was looking at videos they come up in my like uh, time hop or whatever on Facebook. And I saw that like everything, I was just stopping shy. And if I would have let it stretch up further, I wouldn't have been able to handle quite as much weight. I would have had to lighten it up a little bit, but I didn't want to do that. And so I kind of like was muscling it the whole time versus what I learned to do for myself was get a full stretch, activate from that lap first and that just allowed me to get what I needed out of it more. So, and then, like you said, Andrew, keeping those elbows in tighter, I wouldn't go that wide either. I agree that would be. All I'll go a little bit more advanced with this, and I I don't know if you guys will agree or not. I, I think you will, but I don't know. But I at the top, especially during the stretch, and and this is a little bit more because I don't have scapula that open up all that well. I have a very limited range with my scapula. They don't round out like if I'm hanging from a, you know, a chin bar like somebody else would. Um, but I internally rotate mm-hmm. in the stretch position. It's not doesn't have to be dramatic, mm. but there's an and the from excuse me. <clears throat> I'm usually pretty good at muting my mic when I do that, but I could not get to it fast enough with that one. But what I do you will mean you I'll get internally some, rotate. Can you explain that? Yeah, and there's not a lot of room here, but and I'm where am I? Okay, here I am. At the top stretch position, I would rotate the elbow in. In. Okay. Yeah, I can feel that. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like you're doing a and this is an over exaggeration, so I'm just trying to make the point, but that I'm almost doing a little bit of a peck deck squeeze. That's the motion of the and, and and correct me anybody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, it's it's internal rotation, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to yeah. I don't want to be wrong. Sure. Okay, no, you're right. You're right. Sometimes depending on the angle, it cannot be the rotation that you think it is until you you know give it more thought. But anyway, it's an internal rotation, and because I have narrow clavicles, so I would encourage people. Still, if you do have wide clavicles and your scapula do open up, you could still probably try it. But I don't know because I don't have them. I have narrow. So what it does is it gives me more more of a range of motion, but it gives me more focus around the scapula with that slight internal rotation. I did a um, – and you can do it with an overhand grip too. You, you Sam Brown did a, a excellent video on Elite FTS about it a couple years ago, and I followed it up with a um a uh, star track which i hate their equipment but whatever star track lap yeah i don't like their stuff either and i emphasize but i was very dramatic at the top in the video so that you could actually see i did it quick right before the pull just so that people would know what it is you don't need to do it exactly that way but the way i was demonstrating it, it's on my instagram if anybody's if anybody wants to see it and it's probably a year or two old but it's there and it'll give you an idea of what i'm talking about and i think it i think it matters and i, I think it matters it has helped me tremendously um on the lat pole version whether it's undergrip or overgrip all right we got one more here from him so i had said you know show me your your like meat and potatoes row movement and uh this is the one that he sent me okay is matt listening because if he is i'm gonna tell him i do not like that <laughs> he's listening he's here with us yeah, me neither. No, and, and it's not me being a dick as much as just trying to be 
just to the point. Um, I, I guess I kind of just jumped in and took over. Sorry about that. Andrew. That's all right. I, you were passionate. He doesn't mind a, either. He's a, he's a, a fan of the show. You know, he it's a, the you. lean is um, the lean is just way too much. What um, is it? Got, what is it that you don't like about that? that? Yeah. Why, why is just, that wrong? The lean, or, the or leaning back. Like I, I would, um, and I can't demonstrate. I wish I could demonstrate it, but I don't like much more. And I'll break it. Last couple reps, I'm sure, but I do want to be right about a ninety if I can. And the first part of the set, or a good part of the set, I'm actually slightly leaning in, even at the top. It's tough, isn't mm-hmm. it, to do that? And it is. It is. And especially if you do have lower back tightness, you know, I can't do the Arnold lean in. I used to be able to when I was younger and round the lower back and everything. Oh, I don't yeah. think there's, a, you know, I don't think that's a great idea. Um, but still to remain leaned in and then have the 90 be your breaking point, knowing that, okay, maybe the last couple reps, I might have to break that 90 a little bit, but I don't want to break it. And he is driving, you know, his chest is forward. Uh, he is getting, you know, protraction, uh, retraction. I can see that. But it's still, the further you lean back, the more the range of motion is limited. Now, it can be argued, so I'll say this to kind of save face for anybody who might argue. You can say, well, it's, I'm doing it for my traps and my rhomboids. Okay. And if that's the case, okay. But it's also an upward pull on the bicep. It's a narrow grip that is a relatively or a more vulnerable position on the biceps at that angle. If he were up at 90 degrees, it would be more into his back. It would be even from the top down and even through his lats. It would be balanced out better through his back. So if he says, I'm trying to hit my traps and my rhomboids more, there's a decent argument there, but I would go wider. I would not go narrow like that if that's the focus. Mm-hmm. What you got, Andrew? I I agree with what Skip's saying. The way he's doing it, I think he's um, prefacing his uh, rhomboids and traps, medial traps especially. But um, if he's trying to work more lats, I would almost kind of like I, I would definitely get more to ninety, and I would kind of concave my shoulders in on the stretch. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then yes. Convex them, or so that you're retracting your shoulder blades and you're getting your elbows back as far as you can. Like he looks like he's got a good two to three more inches. Yeah, you know, the more I look at it, you're right. There isn't much. um, It's stiff. It's stiff. It doesn't roll forward. The extension, he's not opening the scapula up as much as I had originally thought. I would say this is actually targeting the biceps more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, it just depends on, like, because, like, what Skip's saying, if he wanted to target more of the upper back, I would definitely go with a wider, more pronated grip there. But if he is doing the lats, I think he's got to stay more upright. He's got to round the shoulders forward to stretch those lats out and then drive the elbows back as far as he can to target them and to contract them. And when you say to open up and stretch out the scapula, you're people sometimes mistake that for leaning forward and rounding forward. Yeah, and that's not that. what we're saying. Let's I'm do saying. Let's see if you can do this. And I don't know if you can. Can you do the video slowly and stop it when I tell you to or no? I can. Let's see. I might be able to. Because it's right at the end of the set when he goes to put it down. Okay, now back it up just slowly. Let me see if I can. Okay, this is the very beginning. I'll just. Damn. Okay. Can you get to the end and go slow like that? Oh, the end? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's almost putting. It's when he goes to put it back. He'll get into a position that I like. His legs are too bent, but his upper body, they aren't right there, but they will be. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, I see what you mean. Like like when when he's about to put it down. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. 
uh, that's about as uh, that's about as close you're gonna get. But he, but right then there. the legs are too much. His legs were yeah, straight. Yeah, his legs were yeah, straight. Yeah, yeah, There you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. I no, hear you. He can't do them right there with um with his legs bent like that. But if his upper back, <clears throat> I'm sorry, his if his back was at that angle, that's more of a 90 degrees. And he's relatively, well, let's put it this way. He's more open there. Yes. Yeah, he is. Than he was mm-hmm. the entire set when he was doing reps. And it's like when I've said on that pull down, my an- analogy, I've always imagined my in my brain is like, imagine if I were hanging from a bridge, like just dangling there. What would I look like? And now in this version, I'm like dangling forward. You yeah, know what I yeah. mean? That's that's exactly. like the, instead of going overhead, I'm dangling forward. How would that look? And then what about this one to, to work the lats? I would pull lower. Like almost instead of pulling up here, I would try to keep the the elbows in tight and pull toward the groin more than the he's coming to come into like just the bottom of the chest. Yeah, it's very yeah, limited with the lat involvement right there. Uh, with that lean, with that lean, it's it's almost like a good luck sort of thing because the pull for the lat is down and in, and that is not a down and in. The scapula is not coming down very much. He may force it down, but it mechanically is. It's not it's not ideal. I should tell the audio listeners too, by the way. Basically we're seeing a guy who's leaning back in the I forgot we had audio listeners that would be one just like, What the hell are these guys doing? You know yeah. what I mean? Were you but were you guys saying you wanted to see his legs completely locked out? No, not locked no. out. But but I was trying to make the point that when he his was, back finally got into the position he was, he his legs were just way too bent because he was putting the weight back to the stack, which makes sense. But gotcha. I didn't want anybody to misinterpret what I was saying. Gotcha. Well, because I'm not opposed to having like a decent knee bend as long as your 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 upper back is 90 degrees or yeah. right around that 90 degrees, somewhere mm-hmm. in that. I agree. You know, yeah. in that range. Yep. Whether it's completely locked legs or you have a slight bend or even a decent bend, whatever. Cause you know, I think sometimes when you're older, where you put, how you straighten your legs might affect how your lower back feels on some of these exercises. Sure. And you, you know what I'm talking about, Skip, right? Oh like, yeah. Right. So like, cause yep. I get, here's a prime example. Now when I do T-bar rows, um, you know, chest supported T-bar rows, if I don't have my knees slightly bent and my legs are locked, when I'm fully extended with a heavy weight, my lower back starts to really hurt to the point where I'm like, am I going to pop a vertebrae here sometimes? What about so, hamstrings? I don't have that kind of flexibility fine. in my hamstrings. It literally, to me, would be like doing, I don't want to say like a stiff leg, but I would probably have, <laughs> I'd probably feel that in my hams the next day. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, guys, my I SI would do it and everything else. If you are new to our content, we encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell because we have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week. We'd love to have you along for all of them. And there's a good chance that YouTube isn't going to promote this into the algorithm. So you won't see us again unless you subscribe and hit the bell. There's that. Um, We had a few more. We had a bunch more. Let's see if we can maybe rapid fire through a bunch here. This one was on the live stream. How do you guys feel about insulin use in the off season without the presence of growth? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I but mean, are you going to get a synergistic effect? Absolutely. <laughs> but sometimes people can't afford growth. You know, they, they, they're on a budget for their bodybuilding, their families, they have whatever it is, you know, but, and they're like, Hey, I can't spend four to $600 a month on growth. Okay. You can still get benefits out of insulin. Yep. All right. 
How about this one? This is from an anonymous user in the Facebook group for Think Big. My question is now that I'm on GH, should I continue with it, uh, continue with just major muscle groups? Um, or when I'm fully settled in, would it be wise to start doing smaller body parts again? Long story, um, long backstory. Um, I've had a hard time gaining muscle, recently switched to chest, back, and legs twice every week and a half but twice every week and a half but only like three or four sets at a time um, and with a day at least between each muscle group um, i also went a lot lighter and focused on contractions instead of how perfect my form looks focusing on how much um, it's using um, say on my chest over shoulders um, i am one I am on week two of my first time on GH using four units at night um, now, started at two. And he's also on 450 test. All right, so the question is, should he be using growth hormone like on every training day? I think it's should he be, how should he be training? Oh, the training, okay. So, so yeah, right now he's he's going light and he's hitting chest, back and legs, twice every week and a half and so he said he's open days yeah and he said he's working he's training lighter than he used to in order to like feel a better contraction so here's my what i feel about training frequency and, and i was as guilty of doing this for many many years of having leg day be sunday and this day being monday and I think you got to get that out of your mindset and you literally got to take each day as it goes. And I think Skip might agree because he's very in tune with like the HRV in terms of recovery and whatnot. Like I find like don't have a set schedule necessarily of I train back on this day because what if your back isn't feeling great because you did some stiff legged deadlifts for your leg day two days prior and your hamstrings and glutes are all torn up and you think it's going to affect your back training. I, I would rather yeah, you have your rotation, right? Let's say you're just doing a push pull legs and that's how you're going. But I wouldn't necessarily say be married to, I have to hit this twice within a week and a half. I would say take each day kind of as it comes. And I know it's he, hard. He's not doing push pull have, legs. He's doing I, chest. I oh, okay. Just I understand. Sure. I'm, just, I'm just saying like whatever your routine or what, however you set up your training program. Yeah. I, I, I'm not, I'm not married to the, you need to train this on exactly this day or even I take, I train one day on one day off. Exactly. I think we need to be a little bit more cognizant of our recovery and train when we are recovered and when it fits with our schedule versus, you know, and, and again, and I know it's hard because, okay, most people work Monday through Friday, eight to five or something like that. And then their wives have them saying, oh, you got to do this and that on the weekend. So those are out. So you're kind of caught in, but I do think that you're going to get more out of your training, having 100% great training sessions versus trying to fit training in on a, on a, on a cadence or, or on a schedule. If you get what I'm saying, I don't disagree with that <clears throat> for you, me, people who are veterans in the ability, not only of training, but generating intensity and being able to really kind of extrapolate the, you know, what overtraining is, where my soreness is, whether, the movements I'm going to do are going to be um, compromised in any way. If I, I could, I still train today. I mean, as an example, I've trained chess where my triceps were a little bit more sore than I would have wanted them and had a great chess session. But I also may have done more uh, dumbbell fly movements um, or opened with them and finished with uh, compound movements where 
you know, I was pre-fatigued, things like that. So I agree with you, but I don't know that everybody can, I, I don't know if everybody has the ability or, or as many people, especially people who are asking questions, to be honest, mm. I think, um, you know, and you know, he's asking, I can tell for a black and white answer. So I don't normally do that, but I'd say this number one, just to be black and white, just so he goes, Oh, okay. That's an answer. I would say, don't change your training, <clears throat> do the training that you have been doing because you just started the growth and arguably probably just started the test. Maybe he didn't, but he just started the growth. He wants to see, I would think anybody who's starting growth hormone, what that impact is going to be. And if you go in and you don't, or if you go in and you change a bunch of variables at the same time you're starting growth, you don't know how much that growth is going to play into it. If you keep the variables the same as you can, at least in the beginning while you're starting to grow, you can have an idea of how that's going to impact your recovery. You have to pay a little bit of attention. You got to be able to read the feedback. But even if you're not very good at it, you should be able to tell more or get more feedback or more a better ability to to analyze if you're not changing a bunch of variables at once then when you decide or you see after say four to six weeks okay i think this is going on because this is how we all people don't understand or maybe they need to be reminded this is how we all learned this is how we learned whether we were recovering whether it was too much work whether it wasn't enough work so in a situation where I'm given a black and white answer which really can't have a black and white answer yeah. you have to be able to to deal with that and read that feedback so stay with what you're doing don't change anything and then as you start to see things like okay maybe I'm recovering better than I was then do and move into what Andrew's talking about where you can be a little bit more um, what's the word a little bit more flexible I guess and because when people start out we know even black and white with uh, I train this on this day because people when they start aren't gonna be able to go I'm overtrained today I'm just not feeling today in my back they're gonna train we might not but they're going to so it's kind of a tough one so the other answer <clears throat> that isn't black and white is we don't know what the intensity level is we don't know if he's just starting out and he's a relative newbie then frequency, in my opinion, is better than intensity because you can go to failure. And trust me, it's not the intensity that it's going to be to failure in five years or 10 years. The longer you train, the more intensity you're able to generate. It's just a given. So when you think you're training balls out at five years, it's too bad that when you get to 10 years, you can't go back and see what it felt like at five years because it's going to be a completely different ball game. So go with frequency first when you're just getting into training and then build the intensity and as you build the intensity then you have to pull back on the frequency i talk about this in my seminar it's like an equalizer bar of those three things volume yeah. intensity and frequency and you're constantly playing and tweaking just like you would tweak your old school stereo system or whatever else in your car or in your house it's an equalizer bar it, it you have to be constantly changing those things to to find that ratio or to find that balance that you think is best all right. That was great, too. I totally agree with it. I won't respond, though, because I'm trying to move quickly here. We got maybe 10 minutes left. Question for the next show. I've been using. We have three GH questions in a row, by the way. I just want to bring attention to that. I've been using 16 units of growth for six weeks now. Two on, one off. Since a few days of numb, um, since a few days, the numbness in my hands has gotten dramatically worse. In the beginning, um, they got numb. 
uh, especially while sleeping, but now they hurt a lot at night. Uh, I tried to lift them or put them in different positions, but the pressure is so strong it feels like they're going to explode every minute. I've also been unable to grab a fist. During the day, it's fine though. They're uh, just normally numb, sometimes without pain. Any ideas, suggestions on what to do at night? First of all, I'd like to say congratulations. You have real growth. That's what I was yeah. going to say. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. But depending on how bad it is, you're probably going to have to cut the dosage back. Mm. It's a circulation slash nerve issue. How dare you? Not, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Not being able. Well, here's what it comes down to. It's like if it's tolerable and you have to get up. I mean, there were times I had to get up. And, you know, sometimes you just roll over. You're like, oh, my arm is asleep because of poor circulation. I'm lying on it. But then there's other times where I had to get up and walk around and shake my arms out for like 10 minutes. <laughs> I know that. So feeling. if I have to do that three times a night, then I have to try to balance out is the the effect that I'm going to get from the growth or at this dosage of growth worth me missing out on the quality of sleep? Now, I would say yes, but it depends on what level that is. And it's a cost to benefit. So the other thing is, is are you moving up too quick with your dosage? I mean, mm. sometimes there's an acclimation period. And sometimes, too, have you guys had this? You take it up and you're like, oh, I'm tolerating this really well. But then three or four weeks go by at the same dose. That's when you start running into the problems of the nerves and the hands. My my joints will click. My you can't. It's not fast enough to show. But I open up my hand and my these two fingers, my pinky finger and this, they'll click. And if I load on a day that I'm holding more water, they will literally just snap open. And that is definitely a growth hormone thing. So I think it comes down to circulation. That's why it's happening at night. You don't have the circulation. It's slower. Your heart rate is slower and everything. And it's the, the feeling of the numbness, the feeling of the, the hands and the tingling. That, that's the pressure against the nerves. That's why mo not most people, but some people will end up with carpal tunnel is because of the pressure against the nerves around the wrist. <clears throat> I think that question was really just a big flex to say, hey, I can afford 60 units <laughs> 60 of real GH a week. Gross. Exactly. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Notice he was not an anonymous member. He had his yeah. name in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, let me ask you guys. Let me let, let's all right. So you you're facing the same problem. Do you lower the dose? You just say, fuck it, I'm on real good growth. I'm running this shit. It just depends on how bad it is. I mean, I remember I did yeah. cut it back because it was so bad that it was I mean, I was wide awake. And once I'm wide awake, then, of course, it takes a while to go. And this has happened two or three times a night consistently. So, and it was on uh, Metatrope. And I, I, will not, I never took it again. So, nope, I cut it back. Now, if it's not that bad, pay. I mean, if you can tolerate it. If it's, <laughs> and it's as bad as way, If it's working really well, then, you know, you got a, you got a better reason to tolerate it. Yeah, just use lifting straps, it, take it, an Ambien. If, it, if it's hurting as bad as he's saying, I'm saying, give me more. <laughs> <laughs> all right um at what age do you start considering growth for the vanity quality of life benefits anti-aging skin sleep fat loss um three. what would be a good starting dose <laughs> three <laughs> to avoid side three. effects like organ three and growth. three <laughs> started at three <laughs> take three all right <laughs> i mean at what age? I mean, I guess we have to look and see. I don't know this for a fact. 
at what point GH levels actually start to decline in normal human males. Supposedly um, like 35 is average. That's what I thought it was, too. I thought it was somewhere yeah. in the 30s, yeah. So, But that's just a I general would, blanket rule, too. Right, so. yeah, because lifestyle, obesity, lack yeah. of sleep, all the different things that affect comorbidity factors, all that crap definitely plays a role into it. I mean, I'll say this, like life is just better with a little bit of growth hormone. It's even better with a lot. So, <laughs> I mean, we got it, our opening clip there. <laughs> I mean, well, look if, if if I had an unlimited support, unlimited source and supply, uh, I would probably run ten units a day of Serostim four to five days a week until I die. <laughs> there you Which go. might be sooner than later. <laughs> no, but the feeling—I get what you're saying because the feeling and the impact. I think, ah, it, and you know, me being older, it's just that much more dramatic. dramatic. And I, I, what stood out from the question was the anti-aging component and the feel-good type. So, I, look, I think this: if you're training and you're on gear, and if if you if you're closing in on your 40s and you're not using growth hormone, um. I would question why, because it really is. You already have testosterone. It's not like you got a TRT problem or a hormone. I can't even get the word hormone out. Uh, you don't have a hormone problem from a testosterone standpoint. So you're not having you know, a lower quality of life from sex drive issues or anything like that. Get the the growth. It's just I'm with Andrew. It's I don't know about ten, <laughs> ten. But I get your point. I get. I definitely get your point. So. All right. What else we got here? A couple more questions for the next show. Um, I'm seeing a lot of confusion. Or, or, I, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, excuse me. I'm not, a lot of confusion around protein powders and quality. Um, I'm using gold standard. Is this good powder? Um, if not, any recommendations? Seems like a lot of people just push their own product so hard. It's hard to know the truth. No vegan powders because F them. <laughs> I told him in the response, I was like, dude, if you're if you like this protein and you're not getting gas from it because it's it's like basically concentrate, it's cheap, cheap weight, and you're not getting digestive issues from it, then you're probably all right. Like he doesn't need to yeah. take something better. And well, he was asking about on, right? Oh, optimum yeah, nutrition. Optimum nutrition. Yeah, the, the, gold, the, a- the, the classic gold standard, which like I think everybody used that back in the day. <clears> at one at point in their careers, yeah. Right. I, I think yeah. people also need to realize that like the majority of the protein from all the companies that are out there, and there's hundreds of supplement companies, come from like three sources. And yep. they come from three factories. And basically the companies will give their recipe of what they want, how denatured, how um, you know, how broken down, whether they want uh, hydrolysate, whether they want isolate, what concentrate of concentrate they want. They give that formula to the manufacturer and the manufacturer with their machinery, the cold and the, what is it, cold diffusion and ion exchange, et cetera. They pull out all the extra crud, all the extra carbohydrate, all the um, all the ash that comes from making it to make a either more pure or less pure product. Right. And it comes down to digestibility, like, like Scott was saying, that if you could tolerate a concentrate product, God bless you. You know, it's going to be less expensive which is awesome. It's going to help your wallet. Um, but typically I find, at least for myself and most clients, you at least need an isolate, which is probably more, you know, 96% uh, pure way. And even in some cases like a hydro, which is more of like that 98, 99% way, um, just from the lactose, from the, from the ash. Um, 
And then the other thing is the flavoring, right? Because we all grew yeah. up with protein powder that tasted like flour. The dirt that you, yeah, flour and dirt that you pulled out of your backyard. Today, you know, they got all sorts of things. I think some of that actually contributes to some of the digestive issues and some of the mm. some of the isolates yeah. that are out there today. You know, you can't go wrong. Like for years until I was sponsored, I would use only true nutrition. I'm talking like a good 20 years. I probably they come in what 16 pound bags. I I've probably gone through hundreds and hundreds of those from. I never ordered of, sixteen pounds. You ordered sixteen pounds at a time. Oh, dude, I or, I would order like no, I would order like thirty pounds at a time. Or really? Or sometimes, yeah, or sometimes if there was any, I mean, gotta keep in mind, like when I was growing up and and when I was in college, and if I could save five cents per scoop, I figured out sure. a way to get that money. The same way people save up to buy a house, right? Yeah. I would save up a couple hundred dollars to put a really big true protein order in, and yes, it was true protein back then. Back then, yeah. Like, I yep. loved it. I loved. I loved the logo. I loved everything about it back then, and not, not to say I don't like it now. And I, yeah, I would put like a six or seven hundred dollar order in to get that discount, and I'd use my code, so then I'd get some kickbacks from it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. don't do that anymore because I used to say use code think, and if you ordered, you know, five pounds or more, I think it was now then you would get you know an extra five percent off. But now you mm-hmm. can only get the if you do that if you get the bulk order, then you can't use. I've had multiple people who are like, hey, I can't use the think code, and then they. I take, say, take, send me a screen cap, see what's going on. And they're like, they got a bulk order, so you can't double up like that. And I'll tell you what, um, I used True Nutrition like a decade before, and this is not even like Skip used it before me, before they sponsored the show, before they advertised with us. And I asked mm-hmm. them to. They never asked us. They weren't like, dude, we want to advertise with you and, you know, shill our products, you know, through you guys. Like I asked them because I believe in them. I just made a commercial recently. It'll probably be running on this show. But the reason that I wanted them to advertise with us is because at the end of the day, this is like my sales pitch. I want our listeners to reach their goals as best as they can. So that's why I suggest True Nutrition because I've believed in them for that long. Plus, it supports our program if you guys shop with True Nutrition. So there's that's my sales pitch. But I do believe in them. It's I hate doing that though because it sounds like a fucking sales pitch. Yeah, and because this, I though. do have an invested interest, then it makes it like it is. I do have an invested yeah. interest. You know what I mean? So but I think all of us trusted the man behind the company. Yeah. And that's the primary reason because the information he would put out there for free, not ever mentioning, oh, by the way, you could buy my protein at True, True Protein or True Nutrition. Right. He never said yeah. that in, in the million posts that he made on all the forums. He was there to help bodybuilders, teach them how to do things more efficiently, how to put on slabs of muscle. And then you find out, oh, he owns this company too? Like. I absolutely wanted to help him out and, and, and give him my business and tell all my mm-hmm. friends, hey, you should buy from this guy. Let, let's pony up and put a big order in together. Because the guy behind the company, Dante Trudell, he just had that kind of clout and he had that kind of um, – he was just someone that you trusted and, and still to trust. Yeah, That's the important part. That's yeah. where I was going to go. It's the trust. It's me knowing and you knowing and Scott knowing that – there's no question he's going to put out the highest quality product he can. It's a whole reason he started the business. And for me putting my name on the Team Skip Blend, I'm not going to have my clients use a product that isn't going to give them the best results. That would be silly. I, mm-hmm. I, it just doesn't make any sense. I Okay, I get free protein. That's totally cool. But it pales in comparison to the money that I'm making in my revenue stream based on how my clients look. 
Yeah. I'm not going to give mm-hmm. them garbage and ruin that because they get free protein. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's silly. But I've used them myself. And, I, you know, I said this in the response on the page, too, because I understand where people can think, well, I don't want to use Skip's protein because, you know, he just it could he just be garbage. Or OK, it could yeah. be. But I fancy myself quite well respected in the industry for a very long time as well. I would hope that I would be trusted. Certainly not on the level of Dante. I'm not putting myself up there with him. But I would hope that I would be the people would know that I wouldn't put out a garbage product. And I know not only do I use it, but other contest prep guys who in the past that I've been in direct competition with, they have their clients. Some of them have all their clients use team skip protein, but I always guys that are sponsored clients, by other companies too. It, yeah. Exactly. That are getting exactly. paychecks from other companies. And he exactly. would say, yeah, and, I, and, and skip, I think that's what I prefer it. I like, and I like it. I mean, maybe if I were like dieting down and I wanted to have something that like emptied out real fast and was super light and thin, I might go with a, a way ISO. But I prefer the it's a little bit thicker because you get the casein mm-hmm. in there and everything in the egg. Yeah. I like that better because it's it's satisfying. If I'm going to have a shake as a meal, then I want it to like give me a little bit of volume in my stomach too. Versus sure. like a true ISO. Sometimes people don't realize when you get a true pure ISO, mm-hmm. bam, it's in and out. You know what oh, I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't say shape. <laughs> yeah, doesn't last maybe, very long. Maybe we should also t- say to this person that maybe the application of the protein, because like, because you brought up a great point, Scott, about okay, so I do want something that's going to that has a little more thickness to it. It's got some caseinate. It's got some some egg protein. It's got multiple sources. It's going to take a little longer to digest. Whereas, let's say you're using a whey protein source as a pre workout or even a post workout, and you want it to get in and out of the system as fast as possible, digested digested as fast as possible. Then yeah, you're 100 right a 100 isolate or hydro might be more appropriate in that situation so i do think maybe to this person asking the question i personally wouldn't be able to use like an on gold standard protein before training because i know i'd have the gurgles and i'd feel a little you know what loaded and i didn't even think about it, but you made me think of it andrew is like you and you might not notice it during your off season but if you're dieting down what about the potential fluid retention yes that's that's another reason i want to use a high quality protein is you will mm-hmm. see a difference in like mm-hmm. just that level of fluid over your skin with a cheaper protein yeah mm-hmm. 100%. all right let me see what else we got here actually i think that that was it we might have one that was it that's all we got, wow. which is perfect because I have some more stuff to do. I got um, a little pee, little pee coming out, so it's I got to tell you guys something idea. real quick. I told Tell Dave, and I'll make it real quick, Skip. <laughs> uh, I, I started taking some injectable D ball. <laughs> How do you feel? <laughs> it's like confession time. <laughs> I yeah, feel right? great. I feel amazing, yeah. Andrew. I feel real That's good. Awesome. Yeah, I just I'm taking 25 uh, pre workout on training days only. Uh, it's a half mil. And I have one vial because it's been kicking around forever. And I looked at it. I pull it out of the drawer every once in a while. And it was like a little crystallized. It started crashing because it's about 15, 10 years old, you know. And I, I heated up a cup of water, put it in there for a minute. And then, boom, it was good. And I was like, yep, I'm going to take this today. And I had the best workout ever because injectable D-ball, it's boom, it's in. And uh, so I've been taking a half mil every time I train. And it, the pumps are incredible. I feel great. And I'm getting that good sense of well-being that I've always gotten from D-Ball, too. So I'm I'm happy with it. I'm not going to lie. What's your timing in terms of, like, what what are you taking so, an hour or how? Okay, how, yeah, so time. here's the thing. I used to, when I took it in contest prep, like, not contest prep, like, in my serious days, I would probably try to time it at least an hour. 
at this point, I'm like, well, I'm going to train and I'm going to probably go upstairs and, you know, get some some pre-workout stuff because I like using pump products. Once again, true nutrition. And uh, I'll just I'll take it right now and it'll kick in by the time I train. I'm sure it'll be fine. And it works. So <laughs> I'll like 25 minutes is it. And it's it's working just fine for me. So. You're making me want to try some. Oh, my God, dude. It's amazing. <laughs> Plus, I always get the digestive issues from D-Ball. And I'm a week mm-hmm. in now, and there's like, I'm starving. I also started dieting. I haven't dieted for two years. So, mm. Drea is on her diet for the Olympia, and she gets trifecta foods, like everything she wants. And she can't eat the food she's been, she gets. So, she gave me a big old box of it. And it was amazing. And then she yep, the, she just lost her sponsorship. The, the next box she gave me. <laughs> she, she can give it away. Use your user code, all that. Uh, okay, fair enough. She's allowed to. Yeah. So she gave me another box of it. And uh, this time it was all cod. And I was like, well, I guess I'm eating fish. So I've been eating a lot of fish <laughs> lately. And I'm just now I got the I got the fire under me skip. So hopefully I'm gonna be a little right. leaner, be in better shape than when you saw me last year. <laughs> Are you doing anything different with like estrogen uh, management with um, the injection? I needed a little bit. I you know, So I, I haven't done any testing yet, but I did feel like my estrogen was getting a little higher. So I took a little mm-hmm. extra Rimadox, but it hasn't been much. So I think I took a, I, I normally don't take any. I took like a half a milligram twice. So in, in, in mm-hmm. a week. So yeah, just took it today and I took it a few days in. So we'll see. I'll keep you guys posted on it. I only have 20 days worth. <laughs> are you, are you going to get more? No, no, no more. But who yeah, knows? Yeah, who knows what'll go yeah. from there? Because I do that. It'll turn into something like, else. Oh, yeah, I do that too. When I'm like, oh, there's a bottle of Anadrol I forgot about that's like five years old. Like maybe I'll just pop a few of those. Right. I go to the gym. Or the other day it was Super Draw <laughs> that I found sitting in there. It's kind. Of, that's kind of how you do things when you get a little older. Like you know, you run your safe stuff, and then you're like, oh, what's in the bag over here? Like, Hello. You know, I got that bottle of Trend still kicking around. You know, you're a seasoned that. gear user when you just stumble across gear that you've had for five years and go, eh, I'm just going to take this. <laughs> Let me ask you guys this. Oh, where did because this, this is what I've done from 2014 on. Like, you know, I always, and it blows my mind when clients, you give them, you tell them what drugs to have for prep and then they don't get them. Right. But oh, yeah. Anyway, I always over order a shit yeah. ton of stuff just because I don't want to be caught in a situation. Oh, where, yeah. Hey, bud, you have this. I'll trade you a bottle of this. I don't want to do any of that. I'd rather yeah. spend extra money and just have it. But anyway, every prep I do that, right? Yeah. So I've got like 20 preps worth of stuff of the extras, like <laughs> laying around of all those goodies. Like, oh, a little bit of Halo test in here. Oh, a little bit of this, that, you know? Yeah. So, like, so I have stuff dating back to like 12, 13 years ago that, you know, I might be able to pull from here and there. So. You can do a whole contest prep. I actually could. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, we already talked about true nutrition. Use our code THINK and use the Team Skip blend. I like the chocolate peanut butter cup flavor. Skip, if you had to pick one flavor, what's yours? I can't. I combine the two. Marshmallow treat oh. has to go with chocolate, and it's it's just it's in divine. All right. Well, you can if you if you want to try them out too, you can literally buy like one pound or two pounds of each bag. Try Skip's uh, concoction out, and of course, uh, SupplementSource.ca for Canadians. They have great deals that change week to week. And uh, thank you to everybody from Patreon. Matt Blevins is from Patreon. Thank you for sending your uh, video in. We're glad we could do that. Chris, we didn't get a chance to do yours, so the next time we record, we're gonna do your uh, push training stuff, and we'll uh, cover that then. Thank you guys, everybody, for watching, and we'll see you soon. Oh, bodyberry.com. Go reach out to Andrew. Teamskip.com. Reach out to Skip. McNally Diets, gmail.com.